Welcome to the Princess and the Bee podcast, the place to be to build your empire as queen of your body, business, and life. I'm your host, Kimberly Spencer, founder of crownyourself.com, and I'm an award-winning coach, Amazon best-selling author, and multi-passionate entrepreneur. Each week, I give you the systems, strategies, and success stories to help you master your mindset, communicate with ease, and triple your productivity so you make the income and the impact you deserve. Imagine this podcast as your weekly spark of inspiration as you take it to the next level with all the bees of your life, body, business, bank account, boys and babies. Let's make it rain. Hello, hello, and welcome to The Princess and the Bee. And I am so excited because today I have a very special guest on for our Women Crush Wednesday. So how this podcast is going to roll is that every woman, every Wednesday, we are going to have what I call Women Crush Wednesday and celebrate a female entrepreneur or business owner or celebrity who is just crushing it and also wants all the things. She wants the body. She wants the bank account. She wants the babies or the fur babies. They totally count too. She wants the business. She wants to have that level of impact and influence and she's already had some success at it. So I'm really, really excited to bring to you on this first podcast, me. Yes, I had a crazy idea that for my first podcast, I wanted to get to know you better and I wanted you to get to know like who I am. And, and why this podcast is going to be so amazing and why you are going to want to tune in and subscribe every single week. So I am going to be a little silly, of course, because that's how I just do things. And we are going to rock and roll. So hello, Kimberly Spencer, and welcome to the show. <laughs> I told you it's going to get a little silly. So I am Kimberly Spencer. I am a certified high-performance coach, success strategist, Amazon best-selling author, investor, and international speaker with a 10-year track record in sales and entrepreneurship. My businesses have been featured on The CW, NPR, Oxygen, and more, and I've worked with some of the top voice actors in Hollywood from really kick-ass stars to reality TV stars and YouTube stars to psychologists and CEOs and newbie entrepreneurs. And... So I am going to be interviewing myself in this, and let's rock and roll. And a lot of these questions will be questions that I will be asking our other interviewees we have coming up in later episodes. So these questions you can get familiar with and just enjoy. So how did I get started as an entrepreneur and a coach and in business? Well, for me, I was always a entrepreneur. I always had that entrepreneur mindset. I always was driven to create and produce things. In fact, when I was five years old, I was split testing price points between bags of glitter water. So I was selling little bags of glitter water for five cents or $50, and I figured the market would determine the price. I also was totally, um, I would put on productions. So I would put on all of these productions as a child. My birthday parties were like, off the chart. And all the parents had to stay to watch the show. So I really had this goal of kind of directing my own show in essence, which is really what an entrepreneur does is they're the director, they're the producer of the show. And so that's essentially what got me started in the field of entrepreneurship. I took a few routes to get to this place, um, to get to specifically doing high performance coaching, but it perfectly ties in in absolute alignment with 
my past and what I've done in the past as far as in the entertainment industry and in the health and fitness industry. So, and I've always just had a passion for business. I grew up around two entrepreneurial parents and it was definitely, I grew up as their business grew up. And I don't find it to be much of a surprise that my business has grown as my son has grown up as well. So, Kimberly, what inspired you to get into your field? Well, Kim, I told you I would be just a little silly on this. And I mean, it's 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 got princess in the title, people. I mean, come on, you gotta you gotta bring out that inner child. So what inspired me to be an entrepreneur actually was control. Like I had always wanted to kind of do my own show, run my own show. And I had initially thought that by being an actress, that I would have that control and that level of influence and impact that I wanted to have in the world. I've always had such a grand vision for what I wanted to create with my life and with my business so far as like literally extending out to building schools in India. I've had this dream for forever um, to build a school in India. And so that is one of my my goals that I have yet to achieve. Um, but Really, I thought growing up that the only way that I could achieve that level of control and influence and impact was to be an actress. And so I looked at all the Hollywood stars and I got started in acting classes at a young age. And it really did help to bring me out of my shell because actually I was I was very much an introvert. I was very, very scared and shy around people. I didn't talk for like six months or something in kindergarten, I literally stalked my best friend so that she would, so that she would be my friend. Like I followed her around the playground. So I grew up really, really desiring this level of control and influence and impact. And I don't think that that is any surprise that that was because I grew up in an addict home. Um, while my greatest inspirations to start my business were my mom and dad, it was also a very chaotic home. Um, growing up, there were lots of ups and downs. I like to say I, I grew up with four dads. I had the wonderful dad who I just, I loved. I had the alcoholic asshole dad who was a jerk and <laughs> awful. Um, I had the laid back stoner dad and I had the pill popping dad. And so each one of those came with different personality traits. And growing up, it made my life pretty chaotic because I didn't know which dad was coming home. Like I would rejoice when like my cool fun dad would come home who would be sober. Um, but when the alcoholic would come home, I would be very scared. And um, it was a very, very uncomfortable roller coaster to be on as a child. But I do know that that is where my, my desire for this control came from. And while I know now that, you know, control is a, an illusion of the ego, you can have a little bit more control in the production aspect when you own your own business. Um, but the cool thing is, is that even though I had this very mixed relationship with my parents, I knew growing up that if they could scale and grow their business to being a million dollar company, that what with my dad being an addict and the, the instability that came with that, that I knew that there was no way that I would not be successful. Like I knew that, and I know, and I know that that is just like, that's just, it's going to be, because I know that I grew up with seeing 
okay, you can really try to sabotage every single which way, and yet you can still achieve success? Damn, If what if I didn't sabotage every single step of the way? It would make it a lot faster. So that's one of the things that really set up my mindset for success and for what I wanted to achieve in this world. So what was your training and how did you prepare to train for your job? Did you go to college or for your career or did you learn on the job? So basically for me, my training was a lot of the school of hard knocks. It was a lot of life. I am a, I pride myself on being a very fast experienced learner. So from experiences, I can bounce back pretty fast. Um, how did I prepare and train for my job? I really think that every single thing in my life prepared me to be where I am now. Um, when I was an actress, all the skills that I learned through improv training and learning how to listen, because that wasn't something in my household. Like growing up in an addict household, I did not know what listening was. Like even to this day, my husband's like, how do you communicate? Like, how did you communicate to each other? Because our communication was basically whoever yells the loudest wins and whoever repeats their point enough times wins. Um, But it really wasn't any, there wasn't any understanding or speaking each other's languages. So that's what uh, my acting training, because I trained in Meisner at Playhouse West in North Hollywood, I really learned how to listen. And I'd never learned that skill before. Like for some people, you're lucky and you grow up learning how to listen. I did not. I didn't know how to listen to my body. I didn't know how to listen to other people. I didn't know how to listen and really have that empathy because I really had shut off parts of my heart and parts of myself in order to be safe in such a roller coaster of a home. So that was a really good training ground. The other way of how I prepared for where I am now is I got certified in teaching Pilates. When I graduated high school, my parents saw how utterly depressed I was in high school in a structured, formalized form of education. When I was in my sophomore year of high school, I got mono. And I was out for like six months, and I had the highest GPA that I'd ever had. It was like 4.3. It was crazy. Because I just realized then that I am a better self-learner, and uh, I will research things, and I will dive into that knowledge, and I'm all about self-mastery, but not in uh, in a standardized classroom. And that's not really where I learned the best. And so when I graduated high school, I did get receive a scholarship to pursue my musical theater desires of Broadway fame back when I was wanting to be an actress. And I received a scholarship to a college. And two weeks prior, I dropped out because I went to this class at Playhouse West in North Hollywood. And I was I just had that instinctual hit of like, this is where I need to be. This is the skills that they're teaching at this school are things that I need to learn. And I didn't really know if I would learn those at the college that I had been accepted to. And so I started to learn there and and I created an agreement with my parents where they would use the money that they had saved up for me to go to college for me to pursue my career in entertainment. And what that led to was me starting uh, out as an actress and then merging into doing freelance screenwriting and script reading for production companies. And I really learned fast on the job what I liked, what I didn't like, what I was good at, what I wasn't. And 
I don't think I would have learned that in a traditional education space. And so I really did learn on the job and very fast. And that's also where I learned how to tell stories and craft marketing copy because all of script writing, obviously, we're telling stories in the form of characters. Well, that's exactly what marketing copy is, is you're telling a story to relate to the customer's pain points. And that's really where I learned that foundation. Now, the thing was, was when I was still... 18, 19 years old, I was still living at home and home life was still rather crazy. And as much as I loved the support that my parents gave me, I did not love the continuous roller coaster of the the ups and downs of being in an addict home. So I decided that I, and at that time I was also struggling, I was about eight years into a battle with bulimia. And I had used bulimia as my form of coping with the scenario at home. And I knew that it was a slow form of suicide. And I also knew I didn't want to die. So I said, like, I started to look for other answers in the health and fitness area. I started to look for how to exercise. And like, I was an exercise induced asthmatic. I had no, like, I could not run a mile to save my life. Like, it was, it was awful. And I just started to look for answers. And that was when one day one of my girlfriends was getting certified in Pilates. And she now runs the amazing Barrel and Spring studio out of Silver Lake. And she taught me Pilates. And that was the first thing that I was like, oh, my God, I feel finally feel amazing in my body. And I just I just felt so amazing And I just knew that this was something I had to teach. I had to help other women feel this good about their body and in their body. Because it was the first time in, in my entire life outside of when I was a dancer, when I was a young girl, that I actually felt in my body. I didn't feel like I was separate from it. It didn't feel like a separate part of me. I actually felt connected to it. And I wanted to bring other women that connection. In like six months, I was certified and I was teaching and I had a full roster of clients, 10 hours of clients a day within a year. And it really was, it really was a phenomenal experience to be able to learn and experience other people's bodies and see so many different perspectives when I was teaching Pilates, when I was um in that in that space and it also helped me heal from my eating disorder because by teaching we learn and i didn't want to be a hypocrite anymore i didn't want to you know be preaching one thing be preaching health and fitness and then be vomiting on the side and so it really helps heal that relationship with my body and it helped me also find ways to figure out what my mental state and emotional state and how that correlated to my body was. And that's how I recovered from a 10-year battle with bulimia with no psychological or medical intervention. Um, But as far as training goes, I have been a certification junkie since I was like 19. After getting certified in Pilates, I got certified in all different types of modalities inside of Pilates. Then when I merged into coaching, I got my NLP certification and high performance certification and timeline therapy certification, hypnosis, and all of these other certifications because I am all about constantly and continually learning. 
So, as a child, Kimberly, what did you dream of being? How did you incorporate what you dream of being with what you're doing now? So, this is a big question, and this is the reason why I incorporated this question into the podcast is simply because this is a huge thing that I work on with my clients. Because when you connect what you wanted to be when you were that beautiful, unconscious-minded child where you're just this giant unconscious sponge and you are so tapped into your instinct and then what you want to be as an adult, like what you dreamed of being and how that correlates, it's the most beautiful synergy of your mission, that your divine mission that was placed in your heart. And so as a child, what did I dream of being? Well, my company's called Crown Yourself. And so I, of course, dreamed of being a princess. Um, that was number one. Running my own show, like I said, I did I would enroll all of the neighborhood kids into my plays. I would obviously direct and write and produce and star in them and costume and design it. But I would enroll all of them into my productions. Um, I also wanted to be in business and selling products and services. And so I I have owned an e-commerce business. I have owned a service-based business, two service-based businesses. One is a brick and mortar Pilates studio and now my Crown Yourself coaching company. Both of those really tied into exactly what I wanted to be and, and exactly what I'm doing now because I decided to bedazzle high performance coaching, which and make it super sexy with all this sparkle, uh, of course, because now it's called Crown Yourself. Um, I also am basically, I'm running my own show and I have enrolled a team to be able to support me in that. So I am doing the directing. Obviously, I'm the star of this, of this podcast in essence or the star of this live stream if you're watching this live. Um, I am the producer of the content. I am the uh, the writer of the content. I'm the writer of my books. Um, so all of those things that I wanted to do as a child, I'm now doing and I've made it super sparkly and fun for me. So Kimberly, how have you changed from where you started on your path as an entrepreneur to where you are now? Well, well, Kim, um, I can tell you that I, when I started as an entrepreneur, I had a wee bit of an ego and I thought I knew it all and I don't. And that was something I definitely had to crush because with the ego, it's a false illusion of, of confidence. Um, it's an illusion of confidence. It's not real confidence. And so what I've gained over the course is the confidence to, to know what I know and to know what I don't know and to be able to either seek out the answers for what I don't know or honestly admit that I don't know it and that's okay too. The other thing that's changed from when I started as an entrepreneur is my immense level of sparkle because when I had my first e-commerce business and my Pilates studio, I was both, I was trying to fit into this form of what a traditional business owner is. Like I was trying to fit into this form of, well, you know, as in with, when I had my Pilates studio, it was okay. Well now I'm like what sporty spice and like wearing yoga pants and leggings all day. I'm like, okay, well that's nice, but it's not entirely me. Like I do like 
you know, wearing my leggings and I love my workouts, but that's not, that's not all of me. And then when I had my first e-commerce business, we were selling back stretching devices and I was stepping into the startup world of selling a new product on the market and pitching and dealing with investors and all of that. And it was super fun, but it also was not entirely me. I really toned back my femininity. I toned back my sparkle. Um, and it was, you know, back stretching devices aren't entirely sexy. Like they're useful, but they're not, they're not like for me, that's not, they're not a sparkly, sexy sort of packaged product. It like, of course the packaging was impeccable and the product was impeccable and it was a fantastic product. Um, but it was just not a hundred percent me. Of course I wanted to help rid the world of back pain. I'd been doing that in my Pilates business, helping people recover from that, but it wasn't, it wasn't all of one, what I wanted to be doing. And so definitely confidence and sparkle are the two things that have changed because when I created Crown Yourself on my honeymoon, that was when I realized that I needed a business that encompassed all of who I was. I wasn't just cutting off parts to be like a traditional businesswoman or I wasn't trying to be trying to fit into somebody else's mold of what business was. I shifted into this is what I want to be. This is who I am. I'm sparkly. I'm a former pageant girl. I have confidence and sparkle and I wanted to share that with the world. So another question. So question, Kimberly, what is the biggest lesson you learned along the way? So my biggest lesson, my biggest lesson was to make failure fun. I have had some immense and like full on flatlining failures, just falling on my face failures. And when you can look back and laugh on them, I used to be so freaking hard on myself. I still am, but I've eased off like quite a bit Um, because I do think you need to ride that edge of being, of constantly challenging yourself, but also at the same time, like you don't want to be beating yourself up. Like there's a positive way that you can do it. And that's what I incorporate into my coaching is, is how to make those failures fun, how to challenge and how to ride that line of, of challenge and and celebration. But the biggest lesson is definitely to make failures fun. So where does my drive come from? What is my why? My why is 100% my son. I absolutely like, I just, he is, he is just, my God, he is just unbelievable. He has the biggest heart. He has such a purpose in this world. And I already know that. And he, um, when I found out I was pregnant, I was scared shitless. I was a hundred percent scared because when I found out I was pregnant, I had literally just been on the phone with possibly signing up for this, for my NLP certification and my hypnosis certification. And I was like, Oh my God, am I going to really do this? Like, this is an investment. I'm about to have a baby. Like I, I, I was so scared and I was so terrified of being a mom because I was not in a place in my life where I was really happy. I was in a job and I still had my Pilates studio, but I was teaching Pilates at another studio on the side. And I just, I found myself complaining every day and I was not in a positive mindset. I really 
was allowing my environment to consume me. And when I found out I was pregnant, I knew I had to change. I knew that just, I knew shit had to change. Like I knew I did not want to bring my, my son into this world, into the mother that he had just chosen to be his mom. And I knew that I had to I just instinctively knew that when I have my child, I'm going to have to have a whole new level of belief, of of trust, of tools, of strategies. And so I immediately, I whipped out a credit card. I called my coach. I said, I'm doing the training. Let's go. And that was a massive turning point in my life. Um... It set me up to be able to have the birth that I wanted to have um, because had I had I not gone through that training, I would have not had the massive, mind-blowing breakthroughs that I received that allowed me to have such, um, such, this is going to be piss poor English, but massive growth. Like words are not even coming to me because it's, it was so big. So that's like my son is 100% my why. Um, and beyond that, it's it's the legacy that I want to leave for my son. Um, not that I expect him to take over Crown Yourself at any point, um, but I wanted to show him what a strong woman was who didn't, who didn't make excuses. I wanted to show him that, you know, you can overcome anything, that you can choose a new reality. You can choose to make a new way. You can choose a new type of life. You, you can choose how to, how your body affects you. You can choose a new path. You can, you have possibility, endless possibility. It's just up to you to make a conscious choice. And I want him to see the, the level of impact and people that I am able to reach. Um, I want him to be able to speak on my stages and give a speech that just rocks the house if he wants to. I mean, yes, I'll make him challenge it, like challenge his any limiting beliefs. But, you know, if that's not what he wants to do for the rest of his life, I believe in trying it. My drive 100% comes from my son. So, Kimberly, when did you realize your power? What was the moment, event, or experience that really shifted it for you? The moment when I really realized my power... 24 hours of natural labor. Um, it was a hundred percent giving birth. Uh, when I, even before I was pregnant, I had really been researching into natural birth and midwifery and looking at that as being a, a better solution for me for how I wanted to give birth. And after having trained so many women, uh, who had, who had gone through C-sections, I knew and having, having to, rehabilitate their abdominal muscles. I knew I did not want that for my abs. I didn't want that for my baby. And the more the research I did, the more um, that just became apparent to me. And so I decided to have a natural childbirth in water at a birthing center, the Natural Birthing Center and Women's Wellness in in Los Angeles. Um, and my, midwif- my, my team of midwives were just unbelievable. And what I can say to that is for the first 16 hours of labor, it was intense. Like it was, 
it was painful. And it wasn't necessarily, you know, the, the pain and intensity of, of labor. It was the fact that I continued to focus on the pain and intensity of labor. It was the fact that I, I, I only focused on the pain. And the thing was, what shifted is when I got to the birthing center, I was put on an IV because I was severely dehydrated, just an IV of, of fluid because um, I was severely dehydrated. And once I had that IV, I got like that sense of renewal and I'm like, okay, I can do this again. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't just that it was when I was in the moments of going through a contraction, once I'd gotten to the birthing center and after my IV, my doula said the most profound thing to me, Gia Johnson, if you are watching this, you rocked my world. She said, Kim, every contraction is just Declan shimmying his way down the birth canal. And immediately that just, that just shifted me because suddenly I knew that it wasn't just me working hard. I've had 30 years of experience of working hard. This little being was also working hard. And I've had a lot more experience at, at hard work than he has. This is his first time doing anything that was hard or challenging. And so I started to cheer him on. Every contraction, I started to get like excited actually for the contractions because I was like, come on, Declan, you got this. Let's do this together. I'm right here with you. Let's do this. And I suddenly, I remember this moment. I was in a squat with my sexy depends on and my nursing bra. And I was like, oh my God, if I can do this, I can do anything. I can do absolutely anything. I am birthing a human, a being that has lived inside of me for nine months and grown. I am giving birth. I am creating life into this world. And when I had that shift, oh my God, it just worlds opened up. And it's no wonder, like it doesn't surprise me that I had my best year yet as an entrepreneur in the same year that I gave birth to my son like in the same year. So next question. How has being a woman helped you in your career? So one of the big things is it has definitely given me a very different perspective. Like I said, I grew up in a home with an addict um, and my dad always wanted a boy. And I am obviously not. <laughs> and I'm like the girliest girl, but of, with a very masculine energy. And so I, I was blessed to see polarity at a very young age where I could see different um, energies, masculine and feminine, and that you can be a masculine energetically, an energetic masculine energy with sparkle and feminine. And what I mean by masculine energy is I mean ambitious and driven and like, like hustle. I, I, I got that. Like I'm good on the hustle and the action taken. But that is, that is something that allowing myself to see also the balance of that. Because one of the things with being a, a woman and tapping more into my feminine flow is I've had to get more into my heart. And that getting into my heart and unlocking those those invisible boundaries that I had built up over the years to protect myself, um, those 
that really unlocked a lot for me in my career and being able to deliver a whole nother level of empathy to my clients, but also um, to be able to really show up on a whole new level, balancing the masculine energy and the feminine flow. These are my rapid fire questions. <laughs> so no, no, nope, nope, that's not a rapid fire question yet. So what difference should we celebrate that women have from men? And how does that difference set me apart in my field? So I love men, obviously. I gave birth to one. I'm married to one. I think that men have such a beautiful balance to women um, and that both men and women create harmony together. And one is not better than the other. But the differences are what make us yin and yang. And the difference that I think that should be celebrated that women have from men is I think it's it's less of a females and males from a, a gender perspective. I think it's more of a feminine energy versus a masculine energy celebration because for the past like thousands of years, the masculine driven, ambitious energy has really been celebrated. And I can feel, and I know a shift is happening with, that's been happening since like women's suffrage in the 1920s, where women are, they're stepping into that, their feminine flow, but they're also stepping into that, that masculine energy as well. And we're finding that, that balance between being feminine and having that more masculine electric, uh, drive and ambition because now we're cutting down barriers and all that breaking through glass ceilings. So one of the things that I think that we can celebrate as, as a whole society, as men and as women is, is that more feminine energy. It is that flow. It is that intuitive response. It's that understanding of, of intuition, of understanding that our intuition, our unconscious mind is tied to higher consciousness. And that when we tap into that, that really allows for more shortcuts. That allow, That's the knob that opens the door rather than constantly trying to punch a hole through it. Uh, that is that is something that I do think should be celebrated is that women's intuition. It is 100% real. Um, when I have gotten into trouble in the past is when I have not listened to it. And I think that is something that can definitely be celebrated. Next question. So what is one quality that men in your industry could learn from women? I think it's it goes back to, again, the polarity of masculine and feminine energy. Like, for example, I'm involved with a podcast mastermind, and it's with these two guys that are amazing, and they have a very masculine energy. And they're attracting, though, their audience, their ideal customer is really women. And they, that's who most of their clientele is. And it's because they're attracting on an energetic level, not like masculine women, not that they're not like girly like like me, but they're ambitious. They are like they're electric. They they're they're sparky. Like they they've got they've got that drive and that hunger for more and that hustle where they they're like not only just waiting on like on the flow and sitting in, in silence waiting for answers, they're like going after them at the same time because all of life is a paradox. And that's, that's kind of polarity has that paradox of 
being able to both attract and drive forward as well. Like take that action, but also attract it as well and have that. So you got to be electric and taking that action, but magnetic and being able to receive it. So I think men learning more about polarity would be a really beneficial thing for the industry, especially in the coaching industry and entrepreneurial world. And my, who is my female role model? I mean, I know a lot of people say their mom. I, I, and I love my mom. I love my mama. She is so supportive. She is definitely one of my, my role models and has been since growing up. But I think, I think beyond just choose, like, I'm not about just choosing one. Like I, one of my female role models who I have loved forever, um, who has helped me build three businesses and she doesn't even know it, uh, is Marie Forleo. And really modeling her and seeing her energy and how successful she's been and what she's created in this world from having a completely authentic, unapologetic business is, it's so badass to me. And so I would have to say that, that she is definitely my female role model among so many other amazing coaches and female business owners. But yeah, she's the one that really sticks out for me because she was the first for me. What is your absolute favorite failure? Oh, Kimberly, you give me another really good question. So, oh my goodness, because here's the reason why I asked this question is because especially for former recovering perfectionists, hi, right here, um, failure is an essential part of your business. It's as much as I would love to say that it could be avoided, it's actually the best thing for moving you forward if you learn from it. So that is the key. You have to learn from it and grow from it. And so, ooh, my two favorite, I mean, I have two big epic ones, pretty, pretty large in my life. Um, one is being bought out from my first e-commerce company. That, that to me felt like so much of a failure, but really it was such a gift. Like, in fact, both my failures, like at the time they felt like, oh my gosh, this is a whopping failure. There's, there was so much shame and guilt and anger and frustration and sadness and all those negative emotions around it. But it was not, um, uh, looking back in hindsight, they both set me up for the success that I have now and the happiness and the fulfillment that I have now. So the first one is definitely losing my first e-commerce business and being bought out of that because what that did for me was, like I had said earlier, it it was, I loved helping people with back pain and, and growing a, a product-based company and an e-commerce company and pitching it to the first round of Shark Tank and, and finding investors and doing crowdfunding campaigns and all the things like I really learned my marketing and PR skills from that business. But when I found out from my business partner that he wanted to buy me out three months before my wedding, I like freaked out. I freaked out. It was nothing that I wanted to deal with, especially not right before a wedding. Um, I was in this, you know, in the time of my life when I was 28 years old, I I was supposed to be planning for my wedding and doing all these wedding cake, cake tastings and hiring DJs. Instead, I was hiring lawyers and dealing with legal contracts and all of that. And that was definitely something that that oh, it was it was stressful. Like my hair started to fall out. That's why if you see any of my pictures from earlier, like now my hair has grown back in, but that those were all extensions. <laughs> like that was a lot of extensions. I was so stressed out. Um, but what happened was I left that partnership 
I walked down the aisle into another into a life partnership and what I consider to be a business partnership. I mean, we have investment properties together. But that shift allowed for what is the amazing universal law of the law of vacuum, the vacuum law. And what the vacuum, the this universal vacuum law is that when something, like nature abhors a vacuum. So when something is taken away, like imagine, for example, when you're walking on the sand and you're walking on the sand and you're leaving your footprints, right? So that opens up a vacuum in the sand in, a, in essence. Well, the ocean comes in and it fills in that vacuum. Well, that's what happened with losing this business. By not being a part of that business or that partnership anymore, I was on my honeymoon like wringing my, what was left of my hair and all my extensions and like, oh my gosh, what the fuck am I going to do? And fortunately we got reined in and instead of doing just what honeymooners should be doing, Spike and I decided to have a business strategy session as well. And we were strategizing as to what, uh, what I would do. And I said, well, I've, I had already been dabbling into wellness coaching in my Pilates business, which I had still kept up while running an e-commerce business. I was like, well, I've helped with, you know, wellness and body image coaching because I had already overcome an eating disorder. I've shifted my body perception. I moved from being in really bad relationships to obviously being in a very, very successful, amazing relationship with my husband, Spike. Um... And we were talking about that. And I said, well, I've owned, you know, two businesses now. And I, I just, I said, well, you know, neither of those businesses really a hundred percent fulfilled me in the way that I wanted to be fulfilled in the way that like, I felt like I could fully bring myself to it. And I thought of, you know, well, what else have I done that I've loved? And I said, well, acting and producing and, and writing and storytelling and all of that. And I said, pageants, I love pageants and like crowns. And suddenly I was like, <gasps> crown yourself. And I sh- I remember sitting on the couch and I just leaped up and I was like, crown yourself. And that was, that was the moment. And I had no idea what the fuck it meant. I just said, crown yourself. And that was it. And I had no idea what I was going to do. I had no idea what it, what it meant. I was like, okay, well, is it coaching? Is it like women's empowerment? And for two years, that's why I dabbled for two years in my business. Cause I was like trying to figure it out. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, but after I got, get, got pregnant, I was like, I know exactly what I'm doing. And it's mindset coaching. It's the crown chakra. It's like alignment with everything, mind, body, soul, heart, and business, body, relationships. It's all holistic alignment. And I was like, that's what I'm doing. And so that was, that was my probably my favorite failure because it led to my favorite business. Um, and then my second favorite failure was probably my, my first marriage. And I don't really consider it a marriage because we had eloped right before he had deployed. So we never lived together. We never combined finances. Everybody thought we were engaged and it was just that was such a a moment of awareness of what alignment really is. That was um, realizing that when you make a decision out of fear, it's never completely fulfilling. Like I had this fear that I would be cheated on again because I'd been cheated on in the past. I had this fear that I 
would never find somebody who would be faithful and who would make money, who wouldn't mooch off of me or steal from me like I had in past relationships. So I met this man and we ran off two or three weeks before he deployed and eloped and I told everybody and I had that I was engaged and I had such shame around it because I was lying. And I just I just realized that six months in that it was so out of alignment. I'll never forget when I had um, a phone call with him that it I was standing in my apartment in Studio City and I was on the phone and he was in like Dubai or somewhere. And I had told him, I said, look, I'm, I'm really missing like writing and producing and acting again and really like stepping up the entertainment side because I didn't have Crown Yourself yet. This was way back when I was like 22 years old. And I had this, this, and I just remember this moment where I told him, yeah, I'd like to, to do that again. And he was like, whoa, 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 wait. So you want to be a wife and a mother and a business owner and an actress and a writer and do all these things. And I was like, I remember the breath that I took and the, my thought process was like, holy shit, he doesn't know who I am. He doesn't know me. And I knew then that it was pretty much over. I mean, it took a year for it to actually be over because I hate seeing people in pain and there was struggle and like trying to make it work and all that. But no, it was, that was the moment where I was like, no, this is, he doesn't know me. He doesn't know what I'm capable of. He doesn't know what I want to achieve out of this world. He doesn't know the level of impact. And that was my fault. It was my fault that he didn't know how big of an impact I wanted to leave in this world. Because at that time, I didn't even know. Because when you share your your dreams with somebody of what you want to achieve with your life partner, the person you choose, like, it's up to you to share them. It's not up to them to know it like unconsciously, like you got it. You got to have the courage to step up and share. And that was like my biggest um, failure personally, but it also led me to really respect marriage because for me, I felt like I took a giant dump on the, the Institute of marriage that I had so respected for so long. And I made the decision then that the next time I would be sure that that was it. Like that was the one, it wouldn't be like making exceptions. It wouldn't be saying, oh, he hits three out of my 50. Cause that was literally the case. He hit like three out of the 50 qualities that I had wanted for my ideal spouse, my ideal partner. And I, I wish I had looked at this list. I made a list when I was 15 years old of the qualities that I wanted in my ideal partner. And that was, that was not fulfilled with my first marriage, but I found it later when I was dating Spikey, just when we were dating, and I pulled this out, this notebook. It had, like, dream, and it was in all these beautiful colors, and it's, and I pulled it, and I started looking through, and I started reading through. Oh, my goodness. Spikey hits 49 out of 50, and, like, the 40, the 50th one was kind of, like, a wash because it was no longer applicable. Um, I won't say what it is, but <laughs> it was, it was definitely a wash. Um, so that was, that was, for me, when I saw that, I was like, oh. 100%. He's he's it. All right. Rapid fire. So what is my favorite character in a movie and why? 
Belle, Elle Woods, and Wonder Woman. Those three, why? Because they're all strong, badass, really feminine, amazing women. If I was queen of a country, what would be my prime focus? Supporting new businesses. Because that creates greater economy, which creates greater prosperity for everybody involved. Number three, what would I consider to be my kingdom? So I consider my kingdom to be my business um, because my business is an extension of me. So my business, my home, my palace is my home. Uh, like my kingdom is, is my home. It's my business. And then my empire is how I extend out into the world. Um, if my palace had a curse jar, how much money would I have to put in it on a daily basis? That depends on how much money I am being charged for cursing. So if it's a dollar a day, probably about $20. Um, what woman would I want to trade places with for just one day? Kate Middleton. What habits and beliefs have best served me on my road to crown myself? One, solid morning routine. Two, the belief that my success is inevitable. And how do I get myself ready to rule, aka in state? I put on makeup. I do my hair. Like, I don't do a lot of makeup, but I have a, a very specific, easy, fast mom makeup routine that takes five minutes. Um, I literally did it before this uh, this recording so that I could show up because right before I was like, oh, I'll just record it. And then I was like, no, no, no. How you do anything is how you do everything. I went and showered. I did my hair. I did my makeup. I was like, I'm going to show up. I'm going to look party and I'm going to record it live. Um, what is my morning routine like? Workout. Oh, wake up. Get spiky up. Uh to make sure that he's in bed with the baby. And then we, uh, then I go for a run or I do Pilates. Then I switch, then we switch places. I journal while the baby's still sleeping. Spikey does his morning routine. And then we have breakfast together. Um, once the baby wakes up, what is my nighttime routine? I am actually working on being stronger on this because we have just moved. So my nighttime routine has been thrown off quite a bit, but normally it's putting my baby down Spike and I eat dinner together. We have like a date night dinner for an hour or so. And then we talk, uh, do a little journaling. I read a couple pages in a book and then I turn off the lights and go to sleep. What message do I want to share with the world? Stand out and sparkle, baby. Uh, and how do I crown myself? I am unapologetically authentic. Last, last question, last rapid round. If I had to do it twice the speed, how would I have done it? The only shortcut in life is to trust your instinct more. The, that's the only way to get shortcuts. Um, I did not trust my instinct going into my first e-commerce business. Uh, my instinct said, create something different, create a different type of partnership. I did not. I did not trust my instinct going into my first marriage. Um, my gut said, probably not a good idea. Um, but my conscious mind got a little over ebullient. And so trust my instinct more because every time I've gone with my instinct it has served me a hundred percent. And that is it. That is it. So that is my interview with myself <laughs> for, for our podcast. I thank you so, so much for watching. If anything on this podcast has served you, please, please, please take a screenshot and tag me at crown yourself now. Thank you so much for for listening and for tuning in. I so, so appreciate it. And I look forward to next time. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If what you heard resonated with you, be sure to subscribe and share your breakthroughs and ahas with me by leaving a review on iTunes so I can keep the magic flowing your way. And if you aren't already following us on social media, come experience the extra inspiration and queenly convos on Instagram at crownyourselfnow or visit our website at crownyourself.com. 
I am so excited to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, go out there and create a body, business, and life that rules. Supporting new businesses because that creates greater economy, which creates greater prosperity for everybody involved. Number three, what would I consider to be my kingdom? So I consider my kingdom to be my business um, because my business is an extension of me. So my business, my home, my palace is my home. Uh, like my kingdom is is my home. It's my business. And then my empire is how I extend out into the world. Um if my palace had a curse jar, how much money would I have to put in it on a daily basis? That depends on how much money I am being charged for cursing. So if it's a dollar a day, probably about $20. Um, what woman would I want to trade places with for just one day? Kate Middleton. What habits and beliefs have best served me on my road to crown myself? One, solid morning routine. Two, the belief that my success is inevitable. And how do I get myself ready to rule, a.k.a. in state? I put on makeup. I do my hair. Like, I don't do a lot of makeup, but I have a, a very specific, easy, fast mom makeup routine that takes five minutes. Um, I literally did it before this uh this recording so that I could show up because right before I was like, oh, I'll just record it. And then I was like, no, no, no. How you do anything is how you do everything. I went and showered. I did my hair. I did my makeup. I was like, I'm going to show up. I'm going to look party and I'm going to record it live. Um, what is my morning routine like? Workout. Oh, wake up, get spiky up, uh, to make sure that he's in bed with the baby. And then we, uh, then I go for a run or I do Pilates. Then I, then we switch places. I journal while the baby's still sleeping. Spikey does his morning routine. And then we have breakfast together um, once the baby wakes up. What is my nighttime routine? I am actually working on being stronger on this because we have just moved. So my nighttime routine has been thrown off quite a bit, but normally it's putting my baby down. Spike and I eat dinner together. We have like a date night dinner for an hour or so. And then we talk, uh, do a little journaling. I read a couple pages in a book and then I turn off the lights and go to sleep. What message do I want to share with the world? Stand out and sparkle, baby. Uh, and how do I crown myself? I am unapologetically authentic. Last, last question, last rapid round. If I had to do it twice the speed, how would I have done it? The only shortcut in life is to trust your instinct more. The, that's the only way to get shortcuts. Um, I did not trust my instinct going into my first e-commerce business. Uh, my instinct said, create something different, create a different type of partnership. I did not. I did not trust my instinct going into my first marriage. Um, my gut said, probably not a good idea. Um, but my conscious mind got a little over ebullient. And so trust my instinct more because every time I've gone with my instinct, it has served me 100%. And that is it. That is it. So that is my interview with myself <laughs> for, for our podcast. I thank you so, so much for watching. If anything on this podcast has served you, please, please, please take a screenshot and tag me at crown yourself now. Thank you so much for, for listening and for tuning in. I so, so appreciate it. And I look forward to next time. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If what you heard resonated with you, be sure to subscribe and share your breakthroughs and ahas with me by leaving a review on iTunes so I can keep the magic flowing your way. And if you aren't already following us on social media, come experience the extra inspiration and queenly convos on Instagram at crownyourselfnow or visit our website at crownyourself.com. 
I am so excited to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, go out there and create a body, business, and life that rules.